Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Thank you guys. Stay standing just for a moment. You know, it's a real humbling thing. Um, Someone sent me an Instagram post uh, this morning and it was so flattering to be honest and honoring that I didn't feel like I could repost it because I was like, man, that just feels like I'm bragging or something. But but I took a picture of it personally just to keep it private. And um, that person I think is in the production room right now. And so I just want to let you know that It feels very honoring and I I feel the weight of that, I feel the responsibility of that to to lead a church um, into a healthy place and a great place. You never have a perfect leader, but hopefully you can have a healthy leader and a healthy leadership is what we need. Healthy fathers, what we need. And um, I wanted to do something different just for a second. Um, I've had the chance over the years to kind of speak over my son and bless him in front of people at different times. Um, But I wanted to bring up my daughter. Come here, sweetheart. Can you stand right over here? And uh, face me. (laughs) You don't need to look at them, okay? And I just felt like the Lord put it on my heart just to, to value you and honor you for a second, okay? Hold my hand. Um, Mummy and Daddy whew, have loved you every single day of life, like every day. You're so talented, you're so smart, you're so beautiful, you have such a compassionate heart, and you have, you're a beautiful, beautiful big sister, and I just want to let you know we're proud of you, we love you, and um, you're gorgeous. <laughs> Praise God. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you and praise you. And I just pray within the sound of my voice, every man, every woman, but especially dads today. Those who are dads for years. Those who, there's a bun in the oven. Those who are spiritual dads. Those who want to be one day. I pray for them today. I pray for us today. I am one of them. I ask Holy Spirit, that you would pour out over this church and strengthen men and value men today. Oh God, take these simple, simple moments, but let them breathe your life over this place in Jesus' name. We declare you are our strength. Pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I open my heart to your word. Strengthen me, speak to me. Guide me. May I hear your voice today. In your powerful name. And everyone said, one more time. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, worship team. Can we thank them? You grab your seat. Thank you so much. The title of my talk today is, If a Man Can't See, He Can't Fight. If a man can't see, he can't fight. How many of you grew up, born and raised 
on the Karate Kid. Now, this dates some of us. How many of you remember Ralph Macchio and Pat Morito? And I really remember them as Danielson and Mr. Miyagi. And uh, I think I was seven, eight years old when this first came out. So I loved this movie. I was trying to kick everyone in the head. And uh, then there was the second one, and he goes off to Japan and fights someone who's really bad to the bone. And obviously, he's always got this last minute move, and he does. I don't know if you remember that. And then there's Karate Kid 3, and he's going to fight some other dude and so forth. And then there's this falling out, interesting enough. Oh, actually, I want to show you this. And then, how many have seen this, Cobra Kai? Yeah. yeah, that just means you loved Karate Kid so much back in the day that you just need to relive it. That's what it means, okay? Because Cobra Kai, it's okay, but they bring you back enough to go, oh, yeah, that's right. Anyway, I got a little too excited there, but... But there's this moment where Mr. Miyagi, who is an amazing voice in Danielson's life, there is this disjointed relationship. He is really a, a spiritual father, a mentor figure to him for a long time. But then there is this break in the relationship as there often is in cer certain relationships. And then another sensei comes along. And in that sensei, Karate Kid number two, he gives him a line and gives him a phrase that is really memorable and always stayed with me. And it was this phrase, if a man can't stand, he can't fight. If a man can't breathe, he can't fight. And if a man can't see, he can't fight. And he illustrated it and he's, he's there and he's teaching him. If he takes out someone's legs, he's literally like bang, teaching him that. And then he's like, listen, if a man can't breathe, he can't fight. And a man can't see, he can't fight. And I want to talk to you about that today. If a man can't see, if a woman can't see, and I am going to hit three points. And I'm going to hit a punching bag, which you've never seen in church before. <laughs> Come on. Ephesians 6 verse 13 says this, Therefore, someone say therefore. Therefore. Paul has been speaking to the church in Ephesus. He has been speaking to them of the grace of God, who they are in Christ, the numerous different instructions in Ephesians 3, 4, and 5. And then he talks actually on Ephesians 6 about fathers and, and how they're to treat their children. And then he says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when, someone say when, it's not if it comes, it's when it comes, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to do what? Stand your ground and after having done everything to what? Stand, verse 14 says what? Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And it is interesting that Paul uses three different times that this person, this Christian, doesn't matter if it was a woman or a man, says you are to stand. And if he emphasizes standing so often, standing is perhaps more complicated than we think. So, so I remember raising my children and it was a big moment, wasn't it, mom and dad, when they stood for the first time and they wobbled their legs. And they kind of did this little number like, oh my gosh, they're going to stand and they're going to walk. And you got excited. And obviously now, how many of you know, if I got excited every time you stood, there'd be something wrong with me or something wrong with you. But Paul is obviously emphasizing here. That standing as a Christ follower perhaps is harder than we make it seem. Because he's saying, listen, it's actually going to be a, a fight to stand. In Psalm 1, the Bible says this, 
Blessed is the one who does not walk. Someone say walk. Who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Again, the scriptures is telling us the importance of standing. Now, let me give you a thought around standing. If you are to be effective in standing, you actually have to evaluate your hearing. Let me say that again. If you are to be effective and stand well, you actually have to hear well. Why do you have to hear well? You have to hear well because Jesus said this in Matthew 7. He who hears my word and puts it into practice is like a man that built his house on the rock. Are you tracking with me? A lot of blank faces so far. Just making sure you're still here. Yeah. yeah. Who had a hot dog before service? (laughs) Never, ever have a hot dog before service, even if it's with chili or whatever. He says, if a man can't, what? Stand, he can't fight. I heard a preacher say many years ago, and I think it's such a valuable statement. He said, the decision that you and I have on who speaks into our life is one of the most important decisions of our lives. Adam and Eve are in a perfect environment and Adam allows the Satan to speak into Eve. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners. He's hanging around the wrong people too long and the wrong people eventually influence you. Haven't you noticed that? You watch the wrong shows, eventually they influence you. You watch the wrong news stations too long, they influence you. And I I just want to encourage you today that if you are going to be who God has called you to be, if you're going to be the man God has called you to be, the father God has called you to be, you have to evaluate the voices that speak into your life so that you are able to stand. Does that make sense? Listen to what Proverbs chapter 12, verse 7 says. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous stands firm. I could say this. The family of the righteous stands firm. How many want a blessed family? Come on, how many want a blessed family? I hope that one of the greatest things we add value to you, your life at church, is that the families get stronger in our church. The marriages get stronger in our church. I pray that the greatest fruit of our church is man. There's strong families in that church. There is a father absence crisis in America. There is a lot of talk on what is the solution and what is the solution. But I would just backtrack a second and say, listen, when the man is missing, devastation happens. Now, I do want to say this to you. If you've, if you've been the kind of man that unfortunately your father wasn't there for you, don't blame dad, forgive dad like Anthony Holmes did, and then just decide I can be the difference maker. I can be the domino effect. Don't, don't look back and go, dad didn't, dad didn't, therefore I can't. No, that's an excuse. You say, dad didn't, therefore I must, therefore I will, therefore I will stand in the right place at the right time. Come on, am I preaching to anyone today? Now watch this now. What happens when there's a father absence? There is a four times greater risk of poverty. Four times. Seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen. 
fire, uh, more likely to have behavioral problems, more likely to face abuse and neglect, two times greater risk of infant mortality. Just the father being there means there's more likely the baby will be born. More likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, majorly more likely to go to prison. I was in a I was in a small group with men many years ago before we had transform groups and four of the 10 men in the circle had been to prison. None of them knew their dad. It was one of the most illuminating of all the the illustrations that I have seen. We had 10 men in a circle, four of them had gone to prison. Not one of those four knew anything about their father. Because the father is a restraint to a young man. Without, without a father, a young man feels rebellious at God because he feels like God has let him down. He can't handle correction. He can't handle discipline. Because how I many you know daddy will bring a little bit of structure into your world? Yeah. I often say to my son, do the hard things first, son. Do the hard things first. Mow my lawn. <laughs> do the hard things first. I'll pay you for it, but mow it. You know what I'm saying? Do a good job and, and we need that. How many know we need that? Yes. More likely to go to prison. Two times more likely to suffer obesity. More likely to commit crime. Two times more likely to drop out of high school. Father is so important. Number two, if a man can't breathe, he can't fight. The interesting thing I want to point out about breath is that you are completely dependent on an outside source, one that you did not create. Do this with me. Just breathe in for a second. Just go. Oh, just breathe that out. Oh, doesn't that feel good? That feels good. Let's do it again. Come on, one more time. Huh? Breathe in. Just go. Ooh. If you make that noise, you have more fun. I'm just telling you right now. Come on, do that again. Just go. There we go. You did better than first service. You want to have fun. The 11 o'clock, we're going to have fun. <laughs> Here's the amazing thing. The Pastor Yongi Cho said this. He said, breathing is like prayer for the Christian. Don't go too long without prayer. Don't go too long without prayer. You and I are dependent on the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, listen, when I go, I'm going to send him. You can be a good dad without God. You actually can be a, a moral, decent, there dad. But God has not called you to just be a good dad. He's called you to be a godly dad. There is a difference. Ephesians 6. Watch this now. Verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's important of the Lord. Therefore, man, you need to follow God. And therefore, you'll be able to lay it out. How does my child follow God? We need the breath. We are a breath of God, church. We're a word of God, church. We believe the Bible, but we are a breath of God, church. See, when Ezekiel prophesied to some dead bones, he put structure in it, but then the breath came. I would liken Christianity to this. Listen, if you have morals and obligations, and yes, I have to, and yes, I, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. It's like a marriage with no love. But when you get the breath, when you get the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, how many know that becomes all of a sudden the difference maker? And you, you and I breathe in and we go, man, I don't have to obey God. I get to obey God. I can obey God. Why? Because I'm filled and I am, watch this now, I am dependent on an outside source. 
Are you dependent on an outside source to live your Christian life? Or are you just gritting your teeth? I'm going to try to be more moral. I'm going to try. Bless God. I'll go to church. I'll read my Bible. I'll give with my teeth gritted. Ugh. Don't be a joyless Christian. Don't be a joyless Christian. The Bible says in Romans 14, 17, it says the kingdom of God is not about eating or about drinking. It's not about do's and don'ts. It says, but it's about righteousness. It's about peace. It's about joy in the Holy Spirit. It flows from the Holy Spirit. Why do we do worship in our church? Because it flows from the Holy Spirit. Now, as soon as I mention the Holy Spirit, don't think he has to be weird. No, sometimes people are just weird. You can be an atheist and be weird. You can be a Christian and be weird. But I would say be a breath of God, Christian. You need the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone could have gone and changed the world as the disciples, they hang up Jesus three years and he says, you're going to go, but first you're going to wait. You're like, is it, which is it? Go or wait? Go, but wait. Wait for power. Yeah. Wait for the breath of God to come on you so that you are not ill-equipped to do what God wants you to do. The breath of God speaks of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have, have walked into an environment? I was in an environment recently. We went out to dinner with my wife. We were celebrating 17 years of marriage. Come on, give that a hand. <clears throat> you ever go to an environment and the environment's just right? It's just like, yeah. It was just right. It was just beautiful and, and so forth. And, and I, would, I would desire that for your family. It won't be perfect. But you ever walked into a home and you just know there's tension there all the time? You ever walked into a home, just know there's problems all the time and so forth? Listen, just real quick, I want to give you three practical things to allow and invite the presence of the Holy Spirit into your home. Because I don't just want you to come to church. I want you to have the presence of the Holy Spirit in your home. Sometimes you walk into people's home and you go, oh, there's a lot of tension here. You ever feel that? So here's how to get that out. Praise and worship. Praise and worship. Show that on the screen, guys. Practical ways to invite the Holy Spirit into your life and in your home, again, into your marriage, into your family. Praise and worship like, like a bead of honey, like women to a nail salon. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will all of a sudden come and show up in your home. Yeah, you like that. Okay. Practice forgiveness. Someone say practice. practice. I heard Dr. Billy Graham say this. A great marriage is actually two really good forgivers. Two really good forgivers. Forgive, let it go. Don't be like, I'm going to get you for that. I'm going to get you. You're only hurting yourself. Love your neighbor as you do yourself. Forgiveness. Words of honor and encouragement. How many of you would love words of honor and encouragement around your life? I'm surprised sometimes when I hear, uh, many years ago when we first started in the church, I remember hearing of a marriage and we were just hearing about some of the challenges and I was just like, why would he do that? It's the way he talked. Leading your home isn't by using a sword. 
Leading your home is not by piercing them with the word. I don't get the Bible and just go, honey, how have you not measured up today? Let me see in all the ways you're not a Proverbs 31 woman. You're like, what is wrong with you? The Bible actually says in Proverbs 31 that he praises her. Women, women and men will thrive in an environment of encouragement. Now, is there time for correction? Yes. How many know that? I, I, like, I can honestly say one of the greatest things about my wife is she's talked so well of me, but when I've needed it. Oh, and I've needed it. She's sometimes been like, babe, babe. And I'm like, I don't want to hear it. She's like, but you need to. I remember one, I, I, I promise you, I, there was a conversation that changed our ministry. It changed our church. She was like, I feel like there's something more in you. And I was like, I'm doing my best. And I walked away frustrated. I was like, ah. What was that? I knocked over my own little coffee thing over there, actually. I was shaking too much. But as I began to process that and think about that, I was like, Lord, if she's right, show me something. It's good prayer. Lord, if she's right, show me something. Lord, if he's right, show me something. And I felt like the Lord showed me something that changed the trajectory of my life, which changed the trajectory of leadership, which always changes the trajectory of whatever you lead. Are you with me? But if a man can't see, he can't fight. I want you to see today. Someone say see. See. I want you to see today the value of you being a person of character. How many of you would like to be more valuable? Say yes. yes. Come on. How many of you would love to be esteemed as a person of character? Please say yes. If that was to happen, and if you say yes, how many know that doesn't just happen? You actually have to value the right things, and eventually, someone say eventually. Not tomorrow, not in a week, not in a month from now. Eventually, you will become more valuable. Why? If someone is to become a useless person, the Bible would say that that person is a a morally corrupt person, what did they do? They valued something that had no value. So they became useless themselves. But if you are to value something, if I am to value something, so fathers in this place, value fatherhood. Because I tell you this, at your funeral, the greatest thing I think perhaps would happen is how your father Sorry, how your son spoke about you, how your daughter spoke about you, how your wife spoke about you. It would say that you were a person of value. But again, I just want to tell you this. This doesn't just happen. It it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just fall on you. You didn't just come out of the womb and go, oh, I'm amazing. (laughs) You came out of the womb and and you had to be taught. You had to be corrected. You had to be taught. Had to be corrected. and Had to be taught. and Had to be corrected. And then you went through a stage where you didn't think you needed corrected anymore. And guess what? Later you learned I had to be corrected. 
This is why Proverbs chapter 2 says, it says, let love and faithfulness, it says, never leave you. Now watch this now. Then it says, but write them on the tablet of your heart. Write them on the tablet of your heart. That means it doesn't just happen. Write them on the tablet of your heart. For then you'll find favour in the sight of God and man. Are you hearing me today? Watch this. Jonathan Edwards, uh, Edwards was a Puritan preacher back in the 1700s. He was one of the most respected preachers in his day. He attended Yale at the age of 13. What? Later went on to become the president of Princeton College. He married his wife, Sarah, in 1727. They only had 11 children. How many women in here want to have 11 kids? <laughs> a little bit too vocal there. <laughs> Every night when Mr. Edwards went home, he'd spend an hour conversing with his family and praying a blessing over each child. Jonathan and his wife, Sarah, passed on a great godly legacy to their 11 children. Here's what happened. An American educator, A.E. Winship, decided to trace the descendants of Jonathan Edwards almost 150 years after his death. His findings are remarkable, especially when compared to another man from the same period known as Max Jukes. Here's what happened. They traced Jonathan Edwards and here's what came from him. 13 college presidents, 65 college professors, 75 military officers, 80 public servants, 60 authors, 60 doctors, 30 judges, 100 pastors, 100 lawyers, 3 US senators and a vice president. They, they, they discovered another man and, and, and there were some criminals attached to him. So they began to uh, look at his lineage and find out what happened through his lineage. And here's what happened through his lineage. Duke's descendants included seven murderers, 60 thieves, 190 prostitutes, 150 other convicts, 310 paupers, 440 were physically wrecked by addiction to alcohol. Of the 1,200 descendants that were studied, 300 died prematurely. Here's what I want you to see today. When God is looking for a man, sorry, when God is looking for a nation, he starts with one man. When God wanted a nation, he called one man, Abraham. Three and a half thousand years later, you know the country is Israel and they are perhaps out of that small population, one of the most influential nations in all the world, which doesn't make sense according to their population. But God started with one man. So let me say this. Here's how I want you to see your value. Every man in here, every woman in here, think about this. If Jesus doesn't come back in a hundred years or even a thousand years or... 2,000 years or 3,000 years. That means if you have children, what will happen is you'll at least become a tribe and maybe you'll become a nation. In three and a half thousand years, there'll be someone going, my my great, 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 great grandfather was Stephen Rosak. And he was a man of faith and he prayed for his kids and he did this and he did that. And for some reason, he passed off faith to someone else. And he passed off faith to someone else. And he passed off character to someone else. And he passed off character to someone else. He passed off character to someone else. He's the link in the chain. Let me try to close this today. In Matthew chapter 1, we, we, we rarely find of Joseph, but I want you to see this principle that Joseph does. Joseph, the Bible says, is a good man. Someone say a good man. 
A good man means he has heard the right things. He's standing in the right place. And so he has formed some things around his life that would actually, the Bible would say, he's a good man. He's standing. Someone say he's standing. He's standing. He's not just falling over to every trick of the enemy. He's, he's standing. Now watch this now. Then God gives him a dream. And in the dream, the angel Gabriel comes and says, you shall take. Mary to be your wife, don't put her away. That's the breath. Watch this now. The breath. He doesn't get the breath punched out of him. He receives the breath of God. And then because he receives the breath of God, now he sees differently. He was about to put away Mary, but now he says, no, I will step in and be an honorable man. But then he does something in Matthew chapter 1, verse 25. It says, but he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son and then he gave him the name Jesus. Because here's what I believe. See, if you'll stand the way God wants you to stand, if you'll breathe the way God wants you to breathe, if you'll see, eventually you'll get to declare. He prophesies his son's future and his son was none other than Jesus. Let me take you to one other person in Scripture. There's a woman and she's having a terrible time in pregnancy she gives birth to a little boy but she's dying and as she's dying she realizes it and she literally names her son Benoni Benoni means son of my pain what was this woman doing out of a bitter bitter experience of one day she began to shape the whole next generation. Sometimes out of a bitter experience, you can inject poison into the next generation. If you, if you keep bringing up all the things that happen to you, all the wrong things that happen to you, you will actually inject into the next generation pain out of one day. Now it was a tragic thing, but here's what's interesting. Israel, Israel has had his name changed by God. He was Jacob. Jacob is wrestling God and God wrestles him. And he says, listen, what is your name? He says, I am Jacob. It's as if in this moment he admits who he is. I'm a liar, I'm a thief. I trick people. He had a faith, but he didn't know how to live it out. He was a person that lacked character. But then in that moment when he admitted that he, who he was, God changes him to Israel. The next chapter, Israel looks at this bad situation, Benoni, and he looks at Benoni and says, you shall not be Benoni, son of my pain. You shall be, watch this now, son of my pain. He sees what God did, broken life. And then he says, you shall be Benjamin, son of my strength. And I just want you to see this for a second. See, if you will stand, come on, allow God to teach you to stand, man. Allow God to put His breath in you in here. But allow God to give you vision. See, if a man has no vision, he can't fight. See, God wants to give you vision again. And then He says this, you will be son of my strength. I love it. Son of my strength. You and I get to prophesy into the next generation. Why do you need to speak blessings? Why do you and I, as mothers and fathers, as men and women, why do we need to speak blessing? Because there's so much injection of curse. 
into our culture. Let me read this last scripture. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you would have blessed the Israelites. Say to them. Someone say, say to them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. It was the specific blessing given to Aaron and the priests that when the people of God got together, they would literally stand there and as the priests were to declare the blessing of God and the favour of God and the peace of God over the people, the Bible says that He Himself would do it. So here's what I want you to receive today. I'm going to say a prayer, but if you're a father in here, just turn your face even towards your own family. Grab the hand of your wife, hand of your children. Can we stand to our feet for a second? If you're a father in here, according to Scripture, you're the priest of the home. You're the priest of the home. Like, I'm not a priest. In Christ, you actually are. In Christ, you're a saint. In Christ, you're a son. In Christ, you're a priest. Does that make sense? So how does God bless your family? Through your words. How does God bless your family? Through your words. How does God bless your family? How do you curse your family? Through your words. Life and death is in the power of the tongue and those who love it. We'll eat the fruit of it. Come on, close your eyes all over, all over this place. Lift your hands to heaven if you're comfortable. Just open your palms. I want to declare this over your life and then I'm going to ask every father especially to declare this over his home. The Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. Now, if you're a father in this place, or perhaps you're here today and you're like, man, I'm a single mom and I got no father and he's not here. You can do this too. Come on, let's all declare this. But if you're a dad in this place, you can just turn your face toward your family. Hold their hand. Say with me. The Lord bless you. Come on, loud and proud. Say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. One more time, we're going to say it. Say it again. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. Father, I thank You for every man, every woman within the sound of my voice, those watching online. Lord Jesus, I thank You for the power of just declaring Your name and Your blessing, Your wonder. And I just pray that would begin to so inject into the minds of women and teenagers and kids in this place. I pray that there be atmosphere changes in the families in this church. I pray You release the blessing of God on every marriage in this place. I pray for those who are doing well and those struggling. Father, I pray that You would bless them and 
give them peace, God. I pray their homes would be homes of encouragement. I pray the peace of God would be all over them. I pray the presence of God would be all over every home, Lord, that will just put you first and say, Jesus, help us honour you and love you, I pray. Lord, bless your people with strength. In Jesus' Name. Thank you, Lord. Eyes closed all across this place. Maybe you're here in this place, maybe you're watching online and you're not sure you know Jesus. You're not sure you're a child of God. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 1, it says, how great the Father's love that He lavished upon us that we would be called children of God. Do you know if you're not a child of God that the Bible actually wants to lavish love on you? The Father wants to lavish, literally spread love on you. That's why Christ died. He he died for your sin, not just to separate your sin from you, but to lavish His love upon you. He wants to spend eternity with you forever. Ever, forever, that's how much God loves you. Maybe you're here in this place and you say, Pastor Anthony, I don't know if I'm a Christian. I don't know if I'm a child of God. I grew up Catholic, Christian or no, religious. It doesn't matter. In God's family, there are no grandkids. There's just children. You and I must personally make a decision to say yes to Him. So I'm gonna lead us in a prayer and, and I'm believing that many people are going to get just assurance of faith in their own heart that they are a child of God, that they're putting their faith in Christ, that they're turning from trusting themselves and living their own life to trusting Jesus. So come on, let's pray this simple prayer together. Say, Jesus, thank You for loving me so much. You die on a cross for me. I turn from trusting myself to get to heaven and I turn to You. Forgive me of all my sin. I want to be Your child. Change my heart. Help me know You from this day on, forever. Eyes closed. If you meant business with God in this place, all across this place, would you quickly raise your hand, raise it high, all across this place. Thank You, sir. Thank You, sir. All across this place, you've meant business with God. Thank you, bro. That's awesome today. Those two over there. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All the way in the back there. Just raise it high enough, long enough for me to see it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's, there's a couple more you need to put up your hand. Just say, don't, be, don't let fear stop you. Don't let fear stop you. That's awesome today. Anyone else today? There's someone else. There's someone else. It's like God knocks at the door of your heart. He says, come on, son. I'm asking you to put your, fa- your faith in me. Thank you. Awesome today. Awesome today. You can put your hand out. Father, I thank you for every hand, every heart, every father today. Would you bless your people? Would you strengthen your people? Would you put purpose and meaning and destiny into your people? God, I just pray the kiss of heaven over every father today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Come on. Can we give Jesus a hand in the house of God? Come on, can we give it up for those? 